0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network,
2: Today is September 26, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army Retired. Good morning, sir. Good
3: morning, Gary, and as always, it is great to be with you.
2: All right, I appreciate that, Bill. Yeah, if you remember, we had a pretty good show last week. We had Major uh, Jazz Booth. She's the founder and president for Final Salute, Inc, and they were with us. According to Final Salute, it is estimated that there's currently fifty five thousand homeless women veterans in the United States on any given day. This is unacceptable for any of them to be in that situation. Final Salute believes in pain women veterans uh, with the proper respect do them to the service they have provided to our country Final salute also works with veterans in establishing their plan towards independence to learn more you can listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com be sure to go back to it later if you didn't hear it and listen to it now Bill you have some news for us you were telling me about the VA that's uh, providing support for veterans in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands due to the aftermath of of the hurricanes. Is that all going to be possible?
3: Uh, Well, the uh, VA is going to make a valiant effort towards that, Gary. And, you know, uh, September is, uh, you mentioned today, is the 26th. My, how September has gone by uh, with such great speed. Yes. Uh, We all know that this is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. And, Gary suicide prevention awareness really should be every day. It has nice. to be that way in our lives. That's true. And uh, This month of September uh, has been nice but it has not been nice with the hurricanes that we've had to experience and therein lies the situation in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. As many of our listeners know and or should know, that we've got a tremendous amount of uh, men and women who serve served the country who are in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. And uh, they've had the experience of at least two of these hurricanes, uh, uh, Irma and Maria, making either direct or indirect hits on, the, uh, on their location, leaving some severe conditions there. Now, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs has announced that it's providing for vital health care and other support to displaced veterans in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Gary, you know, the uh, uh, medical center for the VA is in Puerto Rico. So uh, those veterans who are in the Virgin Islands, if they've got a doctor's or hospital appointment, they have to come from the Virgin Islands to Puerto Rico, and you know what the uh, results has been in St. Thomas and St. John's. No electricity now in in Puerto Rico. Communications is a problem. Food and water, gasoline. However, the uh, medical center in San Juan is being operated by generator power. Mm -hmm. Major challenge uh, for transportation. Uh, to that area. You know, in Texas, in Florida, we had the uh, hurricane experience there. Well, they're connected to the country where we can get back into them when, and to help out. We've got to get across the water, and it's providing some great challenges. But the VA says there's sufficient food and water for seven days, Uh, at the uh, VAMC. However, the community-based outpatient clinics and the vet centers are at this time are all closed. Just imagine the impact that this is going to have on homelessness and getting back to suicide prevention that the anxiety that this is going to create for a lot of these individuals. And Gary, you know and I know Having grown up in Florida, it can take many years to recover, if we ever recover from uh, 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 devastating hurricanes. And I'm sure you haven't uh, forgotten about Hurricane Andrew, 1992. So it's a major challenge, Gary, and we're hoping for the best for men and women who serve this country and uh, Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands.
2: All right. That's true. That's It's terrible what's happening. It is. Anyway, uh, what, Bill, why don't you have the honor of introducing our guest today?
3: And, Gary, it is indeed an honor for us to have as our guest today Colonel Yvette J. Kelly, retired United States Army. I'm making that assumption. Who is the president and chief executive officer of New Direction for Veterans. Colonel Kelly...
4: Good morning. Go ahead.
3: ...has over 30 years of active military service. She graduated laude from the University of California, Los Angeles, as we commonly know as UCLA, with a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology. Simultaneously, she completed the Reserve Officers Training Corps program as a distinguished military graduate and was commissioned as second lieutenant in the Army Signal Corps. She began her military service as a platoon leader and a company commander in the 2nd Infantry Division in the Republic of Korea in 1983. Colonel Kelly later transferred to the aviation branch and completed rotary wing flight training at Fort Rucker, Alabama, where she finished as the distinguished military graduate for her class. She was trained to fly the Huey, the UH UH-1, the Black Hawk, the Kiowa helicopters. Over her 30 years of service, Colonel Kelly served as on active duty in five Army divisions and was deployed to Panama, Somalia, and the Middle East in support of Contingency and combat operations, Colonel Kelly. Welcome to the American Heroes Network.
2: Welcome, Colonel.
4: Thank you. Thank you for the introduction, Bill. I should just answer that with one word, and that should be Hua because I know you're a soldier as well. And Gary, -ah. it's an honor to meet you. Yes, -ah. Hua. I didn't realize that the introduction would be so long. So, so thank you for that. (laughs) <laughs> well, we it's a little bit interview. embarrassing because it was too long. Maybe that just means I'm an old person.
3: That sure <laughs> just do. And, uh, you know, I'm an ROTC graduate myself, and uh, I applaud you.
4: And, and what school did you go to, Bill? Morgan State University
3: in Baltimore, Maryland.
4: Oh, wonderful. And now you're back home.
3: Well, home is Miami, Florida.
4: But you live in Maryland now? Yes. Ah, okay, okay. Both lovely places, but not as not as sunny as uh, Southern California.
3: <laughs> well, if we drew a straight line from Florida across to California, I guess there are some similarities.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Colonel Kelly, you got me jealous here. You flew Blackhawks, huh?
4: <laughs> yes, that was a great time in my career. Uh, I Why, there's I'm nothing more... that beats flying a helicopter.
2: Yes. Well, why don't you give us a little background and history on uh, the New Direction vets?
4: Uh, Well, first of all, thank you so much, gentlemen, for letting me speak on behalf of New Directions for Veterans. Uh, New Directions for Veterans is just achieving its 25th year this year. It's a 501c3, a nonprofit organization, and I'm really impressed that what we do is very similar to what you try to do. Uh, What we try to do is we try to help our nation's heroes successfully address the challenges of life after military service. So we hope we help both men and women veterans uh, as they transition out of the military to just move on and be successful in their lives. And as both of you know since you're in this business is that sometimes when um, when people leave the service, they just for one reason or another they don't don't adjust very well. And I'm really impressed that that um, that Bill started this off with suicide prevention month because that's a real tragedy. Uh, so, um, I don't. I'm sure you mentioned this on previous shows, but it's really a travesty where we have approximately 22 veterans a day committing suicide, and that just is. It's just tragic in so many ways. So I, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that for to the forefront in this conversation.
2: Yes, it is, and that 20 that 22 is what is it, Bill? 20 21 states reporting only. So again, you know, that's your, At, veterans. That is correct, Gary.
3: We. From the VA's uh, study back in 2012, the most populous uh, states where veterans are located didn't report, California being one, uh, Texas, and Florida.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, that's unreal. Anyway, what we're going to do, we're going to take a break. Uh, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America and a variety channel, and we'll be right back.
5: network.com and syndicated on itunes
1: are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success it's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space in all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude, to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, on The Voice of America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Colonel Yvette Kelly, President and CEO for New Directions for Veterans. Now, uh, Colonel, why don't you tell us more about it? We were getting into the history. Why don't we continue on with that?
4: That's terrific. Um, Well, just to highlight how important it is here in Los Angeles, there are more than 4,800 veterans that are homeless in the Los Angeles County alone. So 4,800 of our men and women that have served in the country are now sleeping on the streets or sleeping in their cars or couch surfing. They have no place to call home. Um, About 25 years ago, this was back in 1992, New Directions was founded um, by a couple gentlemen and a very savvy um, woman that, that... recognized the problem the veterans that did found the program they were actually homeless themselves and they were caught in a pattern of substance abuse and they went through a va program called new directions and they were successfully treated and they got on with their lives and they realized that that um when the va shut the program down because there was insufficient funds that the need still existed so together they joined um a person that was savvy in terms of starting a nonprofit and who was savvy in terms of collecting money on behalf of veterans. And what started out being a five-bedroom house serving eight veterans later became, became a three-story, beautiful, old, I should say, old building on the West Los Angeles VA campus um, in West L.A., And it's beautiful. We we serve 156 veterans in our transitional program there. And then we have more veterans that we serve on the West LA VA campus. Later on, because of um, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, we were able to expand our program to start providing services to women um, but let me get back to one of those veteran stories his name is Larry Williams and and Larry is um, he 's still very active in the organization he helps with our transitional program he's my advisor he 's my honorary sergeant major so I know Bill that probably means something to you uh, but but Larry 's got a great compelling story. He started in the service back when he was 17, and his grandmother had to sign him in because at 17, you can't make those important decisions on your own. And all he wanted to do is he wanted to serve alongside his his, uh, brothers in Vietnam. And he got his way over to Vietnam, and they assigned him as a mines detector, a minesweeper for convoys. And, um, of course, he was so young, and nobody really wanted to befriend him because he looked like the, the kid next door or looked like your son or your nephew. So he was very isolated, and he'd go out and he'd perform the mission clearing mines before a convoy went out. And after months and months of this drudgery and, of course, very, very hazardous, dangerous work, finally another young soldier showed up and befriended Larry. So they were fast friends. They developed a very, very close partnership, and and he was a truck driver. So as you can imagine, the story unfolds where Larry went out one day. He performed his mission, cleared the mines. Came back to the base, and then the, the truck convoy rolled out. And next thing you know, Larry gets word back that the, the convoy had hit a hit a series of mine landmines, and um, Larry's best friend was tragically killed. Now you could just imagine Larry is uh, suffering on so many levels. So he's he's um, he's feeling grief because he's lost his best and only friend. And the other thing is, is now he feels responsible so with this guilt, he just carried this guilt for years and years and years. Then he survived it. Um, even during that time, he was still deployed to Vietnam. He survived the Tet Offensive. And once again, you have so much um, pain and suffering, and he was, you know, living that firsthand. So when he came back after the war, as you, as you gentlemen know, uh, our soldiers were not received in the manner that they should have been. And so he suffered, you know, another uh, travesty and he just, he didn't do well. So he started um, self-medicating drugs, alcohol, got into a series of problems with the law. One thing led to another and he found himself without a job, uh, addicted, no place to live, no place to call home. And that's when he got help from the VA program. And out of honor and respect of the VA, uh, he was able to start that program with a few other folks and, and they, called it New Directions for Veterans, just to give it a little bit of, um, I guess, some memory and some recognition of, of the VA program from long ago.
2: Oh, yes, it sounds great. And Bill? Oh, I hope we didn't lose him.
3: Uh, Colonel Kelly, I, I recall you mentioning uh, when you started the segment that uh, there's about 4,800 uh, homeless veterans in the L.A., County area alone. I'm interesting interested in you letting our listening audience know uh, what do you think of those numbers, and, and here's the reason why I ask this. One of the ways that uh, I believe that across the country that we determine uh, numbers for our homeless population is what is called a time and place count that normally takes place uh, in January and that, that formula that uh, is used for each uh, individual who admits to being a veteran, we use a, a, a multiplier of about 15. What, it, In your opinion, and even with any factual information, explain to our listening audience how valid those numbers are that we hear all the time about how many homeless veterans exist.
4: Um. It's hard to say um, if you can actually get a very accurate count, but, but I understand that um, when they do these point-in-time counts, they really try to capture, uh, you know, the, they, they, they capture the people that they can. So so going to where the people are, so that's where, whether it's on the streets or under bridges. But I, I guess I'm a little bit reluctant to believe that that's um, a valid number because I'm not sure if it's accurate because of the people that are not counted. So for example, somebody that um, is homeless, they have no place to call home, but yet they're not discovered during the point in time count because maybe they're in a car that's not parked on the street that's being counted or the car is moved or it's just somehow it's just missed or the people that um, are living on somebody else's couch or in a flop house somewhere that's, um, that, where the count doesn't go. So uh, I would have to say that I, these numbers are higher than last year, and I can't. I was not a uh, a person who was conducting the count, but to me, I would think that the, if anything, those numbers may be underrepresenting the number of homeless that we have in Los Angeles. Uh, we have over forty five thousand in the state, I believe, and Los Angeles, as you gentlemen know, is a very densely populated city.
3: And I'm inclined to agree with your your explanation of that because i've always felt that those numbers are uh, uh, you know undercounted now now again, explain to our listening audience uh, some of the issues and concerns and experiences that uh, homeless veterans when they come into your facilities the kinds of things that they uh that they explain to you about what's going on in their lives. Oh,
4: this is this is great. And and I know, Bill, that uh, with your military service, you know that it's a special place to serve in the military. First of all, uh, now we are uh, working with a population that has volunteered, but we accept veterans. Um, we see veterans, you know, as far back from the, the middle of last century you know, elderly gentlemen, um, and maybe they've suffered some health concerns, lost a job. Uh, But what we're seeing is that a lot of these veterans, they are um, very familiar with the structure that the military provides. So one thing that we do in our transitional program is we try to provide that same structure. So um, it's uh, they always say that the military is a team sport, and so you rely on your brothers and your sisters, and the same applies for New Directions for Veterans, So what we try to provide is that same structured type of programming. Wake up is this time, chow call call is this time, personal hygiene, you do that here. You're meeting with your case manager one-on-one here. You have these group sessions here. And so people tend to thrive when they have that same sort of structured framework. Uh, But what we are finding is some of these people that have been on the streets for a while, they don't have those coping skills. They don't know, you know, what do they do when they... You know, when they get upset, they don't maybe, how do they handle their, how do they process their anger? How do they process some of these bad memories, like I just mentioned with Larry? So we're finding that just some of the basic things that we take for granted, either people have forgotten or or they're so troubled because it's not just serving your, your military, whether it's three years, five years, 20 years, and you get out. Some of these people have experienced some um, some serious trauma in their lives, and and I, I have received a statistic that says that roughly 20% of the service members suffer from post-traumatic stress disorder, and so you compound that with, you know, maybe some bad memories, maybe, you know, hard luck, maybe people, you know, what what we also find is a lot of these veterans are feeling so much pain in their lives that they self-medicate with, you know, excessive alcohol use or possibly trying different substances just to erase the pain. Um, But I'd also like to highlight another thing that really surprised me, and and, uh, let me share Veronica's story. I met Veronica, um, I've only been in the job for about 13 months, so I'm relatively new in this field. But I met Veronica uh, a few months ago, and she represented the organization, and she told people about her story. Young, beautiful young lady, and she served in the the Army for a few years. She unfortunately was uh, experiencing trauma because of military sexual trauma. She had been um, assaulted during her her service, and she continued out her enlistment, she finished her enlistment, she got an honorable discharge, and she thought everything was okay. I mean, she got out of the military, she felt good about serving, she started school, work, got back with family and friends, but, but the memories of that military sexual trauma haunted her. So she turned to alcohol, she turned to drugs, and slowly but surely she lost everything. She lost her friends, she lost her job, she lost the home, she ended up living in her car. And, you know, and and I asked her, I said, well, you know, didn't you know that that there was help out there for you? Couldn't you go to the VA? Couldn't you? She goes, well, I didn't think there was any place for me to go. And I said, well, what do you mean? She said, well, every picture that I saw that depicted a veteran showed a male in uniform. It was a male soldier, a male Marine, a male uh, sailor, all in uniform. So she never identified with being a veteran herself. And that's a very common theme I'm, I'm hearing from, um, from many women veterans. Just, it, it, you know, just interesting. I know you had a female vet um, on the show before. Did she highlight that at all?
3: Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. That is the case. Uh, you know, in in many of uh, our experiences when we uh, approach women veterans, uh, some are hesitant to say that they serve. Some don't believe that they uh, are veterans simply because even though they wore the uniform, they were not in combat and not being shot at. And uh, in a lot of cases, they that that is an experience and a time in their lives that they just want to get away from.
4: Oh, you're so right. You're so right. And and I'd just like to highlight now that we are, our main headquarters is located at the West Los Angeles Veterans Affairs Campus, but we are not affiliated with the VA. We are a a complete and separate nonprofit. And there are some veterans that choose not to go to the VA for one reason or another. And that's their choice. Um, But I also want to highlight that there have been a lot of social changes over the decades, So some veterans um, were dismissed; they were discharged, uh, maybe without an honorable discharge, maybe because of um, their preference, you know, their sexual preference. Uh, Way back when, when I started, gays were prohibited from serving in the military, and then we had the "go don't ask, don't tell" policy, and then now it's like, okay. All we care about is that you serve your country, and it doesn 't matter you know the, the social uh, landscape has changed in the nation and so these veterans that have been kicked out without any sort of medical benefits because of their their um, discharge now we're relooking at that and some of these veterans um, they they are getting their discharges upgraded, and they are able to get some um, va uh, veterans affairs benefits another another thing that we have to consider. And some of these veterans have um, suffered from substance, you know, from trauma, from uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and some of these people have have suffered from that so severely that they self-medicated, that they end up with um, with alcohol, depression, substance abuse issues, and that's largely because of their service. And so, when you could connect that, you could say, "Well, wait a second, maybe that person was kicked out, or maybe that person." Um, had some sort of legal issues as a result of the service. So, you know, why are we kicking them to the curb when we should really be giving a hand and helping them up?
2: That's true. Very, very true. And as we were talking earlier, uh, yes, the last guest we had, uh, the the name of that last guest is uh, Major Jazz Booth. And uh, her, big, her problem was when she came out of the service um, and waiting to be deployed, she found out that uh, uh, she, she had cancer. So the first oh. thing she had to do is try to look for a place to live. And everybody was telling her, the VA told her, you know, especially with her child, that we had no facilities like that to help. So it's sort of like leaving the female out in the cold.
4: Right, right. I think we could do better. You know, I really, yes. I've got a, an idea where we could set up something on the VA campus and we could we could co-locate it with our male program. Um, a lot of the women that are in our, our transitional program right now, we do have a very small program, but a lot of the women do not want to be, um, they don't want to... Uh, they just don't want to interact with men, and so we have to be very careful of who our case managers are and then who, what therapists go out there. We have to just understand we can only uh, offer so much, and if they are uncomfortable around male, uh, male people then, or, or males, then we have to really be very careful about how we treat um, that segment of our population. But we provide more than just transitional services. We also provide uh, permanent supportive housing. So between the two types of programs we offer, we we actually offer full spectrum. We do have a welcome center that we partner with the VA West. So if somebody comes to West Los Angeles VA campus, which is a beautiful campus uh, right at the intersection of Wilshire and the 405 freeway, uh, people will know that the Welcome Center is there, and it's open, and anybody can go there. Uh, any male veterans can go there, I should say. They could go there for a sack lunch and a shower. They could go there just for the night. They could go there for up to several weeks until they figure out you know what's the right place for them. So we're getting people off the streets immediately. And then from there, they can be referred to one of our other programs. Or, you know, I, I don't believe that it's just New Directions for Veterans that has cornered the market. I think it's important to know that there are other organizations so, you know, a, a veteran that comes in may not be the right fit for us or we may not be the right fit for them, but there are other programs that we refer veterans to. So it's all a collaborative effort. The bottom line is how do we help our veterans? And not just what what can we do, it's, what, it's not just what New Directions can do, it's what can we all do as a Los Angeles community. And I also like to point out that we get veterans from other states as well just because we're located within the county of L.A., doesn't mean that you have to live in the county of la you could come from anywhere in the nation anywhere in the world and if you are a homeless veteran we will try to find you a place in our program or somewhere close by all
2: right we're going to take a short break you're listening to the american heroes network radio powered by voice america on the variety channel and we'll be right back
5: leadership issues are discussed each week on voltcast illuminating leadership with host jeff smith jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size listen every tuesday at 1 p.m eastern time 10 a.m pacific on voice america variety for those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans Sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at SponsorInfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com.
1: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Colonel Yvette Kelly, President and CEO for New Direction. For veterans. Now, when we were on a break, we were talking about uh, uh, organizations. It seems like uh, it was Macbeth, wasn't it, um, uh, Bill? And uh, we were mentioning again, they have they have uh, I don't know what you want to call it, I guess, affiliates uh, down in Florida, too, don't they?
3: Well, you know, uh, uh, just as Colonel Kelly mentioned, they they have a lot of people coming from the West Coast uh, uh, to this side of the country. Mm-hmm. It, it moves back and forth. Uh, uh, the folks that they serve and uh, people coming from uh, all of the areas, uh, and um, you know, and they they, they house them there at, at their facility.
2: That's correct. That's correct. Now. Um Colonel, why don't you tell us more more about the programs that they, they do have?
4: Okay, great. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that we have a very caring and compassionate staff. I'm very mm-hmm. proud of our case managers, our resident monitors, and our clinical staff, med- mental health clinical staff. Um, but we provide things like job training and placement. We actually have um, partners in the area that, that help our veterans learn things like culinary skills, forklift driving, how do you park cars. I mean, all those basic things, um, we, we have people come in and we teach uh, veterans how to write resumes, how do they do interview skills or what sort of interview skills they need to attain. Uh, we actually were very fortunate. Um, we we're located close to Beverly Hills and a gentleman who was closing down his, um, his shop gave us about a 100 beautiful Italian suits. And so you could just imagine the looks on these veterans' faces when they're trying on a, a, a beautiful suit that there's no way that they could ever afford in their lives. Uh, but So we help them secure jobs. Uh, we actually had a volunteer come in to teach some drone training, uh, which offers the veteran potential careers in different types of industries like real estate, facility and roof inspections and so forth. Uh, we also offer things like parenting classes. Uh, if a veteran has been away from, from his or her family for many years. Maybe they don't know exactly how to communicate or how to interact with um, with the children or with their spouse or their, you know, their, the the family. Uh, we also offer financial counseling. So if a person comes in with virtually nothing, we have a savings plan to help them build a little bit of a nest egg so when they leave, they actually have a bank account. Uh, life skills and coping skills, you know, how do you do time management? How do you... Uh, How do you do a budget? How do you, how? for example, we have people that now live in um, our permanent supportive housing facilities. So they've lived on the streets, and then now they live in a little studio apartment, and they don't know how to cook pasta. So, you know, basic things like that. Or what is nutrition? They don't know what the, you know, how to read a label. So basic things like that. Mental health services. We're so proud of our mental health team. We rely a lot on, on interns. And in Southern California, there are great schools where we get great interns. And um, and so we're very proud of just starting a neurofeedback clinic. So this is um, a way to retrain the patterns of your brain so that you can process um, difficult information, and then you could become a more level person. So this has been very neurofeedback has been very effective in first responders, and um, and traumatized children. So we're now offering that. That that clinic will open up within the weeks to come. So we'll be able to help uh, help our veterans like that. Uh, equine therapy. We have um, an organization that that called us to say, hey, we have some horses we think that this may be effective for your program so that's something we're introducing uh, imagination workshop we partnered with um with it's actually the name of the the nonprofit its imagination workshop and this is how um how people in a group write a screenplay and then they actually put on a play i mean it costs quite a bit of money but we were we had very generous donors and so the veterans put on a 20 week uh, they they wrote the screenplay they designed their uniforms designed the set you know the professional acting lessons and then bam we had a beautiful professional play and i went to that it was just a couple weeks ago and i was just impressed with the self esteem the confidence that these veterans had because for the most part when a person comes into our organization they're downtrodden. They don't look you in the eye. In some cases, uh, they're hurt. They don't know how to communicate. So, with this imagination workshop, they were able to put their their best selves forward. And and the whole point is, you imagine not how your life was, but you imagine how it could be. So, it's actually a very positive um experience. And then now we're we're working with the narrative method. And Sherry Foose, she is the founder and president of the narrative method. And now we're trying to do um. We're working with her to see if we could do a study to to judge how does this affect the veterans. So we're doing pre-tests and post-tests on a program um, just to make sure that we are doing evidence-based practices and that we are doing the best that we can um, for our veterans. Uh, so those are some of the new programs we have. And then, of course, our, we have an art therapy. Uh, we have a, a full-time art therapist She's licensed, so people may communicate better through art than through their verbal skills, and this is another way that we try to reach veterans. Um, each individual that comes into the program is given a different program, so one size does not fit all. And so, in the transitional side, we do very hands-on. We have a, a you know uh, we have our team there. The permanent supportive housing part of our portfolio. We have we have veterans living across the county. We have. Um, we work with our, our, our development partners to provide one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedrooms in Glendale. Uh, and that's Glendale, California, just blocks from a shopping center called the Galleria and the Americana. So veterans and their families can actually walk to that facility. And so that's full most of the time. And then we also have permanent support housing in Boyle Heights for our senior veterans, veterans. Uh, uh, we have um, El Monte. We have 11 bungalows in Burbank. And then we're very proud of the first um, permits support of housing on a VA campus took place in North Hills. And that's um, where we house up to 147 veterans in studio apartments. And the beauty about the North Hills campus is that you're located on the VA campus. So the veterans that get their medical care just walk right up the hill and they have their medical staff that takes really great care of them. Um, so we provide all of those services, everything from one night, one lunch, to you want to live there for the rest of your life, you can do that as well.
2: That's fantastic. All in
4: all, right, all, in all we, we serve roughly um, over 1,000 veterans a year. Uh, I, I, I failed to have mentioned our website. It's ndvets.org. I should have done that way up front in the broadcast, but here it is, ndvets.org, to learn more about us.
2: That's okay because when a guest comes to your site and, and listens to the program, they're going to have to listen to the whole program. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll they'll know about the the website will be located uh, also on our site as a resource. Okay. Now you also do drone training. Did I read that right?
4: Well, we we did have um, you know. We did have a volunteer come in and he was at first doing some drone training and it actually had two applications. One was as a hobby and another was as a potential career venue. So so a vocational type, type of aspect. And so right now we're working through, of course you have things to consider like insurance and liabilities. And so I met with our volunteer, Joe Durando. He he wears two hats. One is as a, um, he, he founded uh, a, a nonprofit that, it's called Wounded Eagle, UAA Unmanned Aerial Systems. So he's founded that, but then he also does, um, he's licensed, so he does training from a vocational perspective. So he came in to do some introductory lessons for our veterans, and so now we're trying to take it a step further to try to focus it more on vocational rehabilitation. So that's just something in the works. But, but what's really nice is that we have people that are so caring about our veterans in a lot of cases that they'll come in and they'll volunteer their services. So I really appreciate
2: that. That is great. Well, we're going to take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
1: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspiring really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are tuned into to american heroes network if you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
2: Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Colonel Yvette Kelly, President and CEO for New Direction for Veterans. And, Bill?
3: Well, Colonel Kelly, uh, we, we want to continue uh, some of the conversation that we had during the break. But, but let me just give you a, a lead into this. You know, uh, each week that we do this program, uh, it, I, I, I've always had an opportunity to make uh, one statement about our veteran community. And that statement is that, that the greatest void in our veteran community is a lack of information. If you don't know how to navigate the system, and this is in particular in the case of a person who's homeless, uh, where to go, how to deal with this, it can be a nerve wracking situation. Uh, and 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 one of the things that I believe that we try to do is to uh, uh, emphasize networking amongst all of these organizations and the kinds of things that are out there, but. Information in our community, and especially when they come into a facility like yours, is so important. Would you agree to that?
4: Absolutely. I, I think that that is a great challenge. Um, I have to say that some of the younger veterans that are you know, they're up on their smartphones, they know they know how to navigate the system pretty well. But maybe they're at the point in their lives where they just have given up in some cases, and they just need a little bit of direction.
2: That's true.
3: Uh, Well, absolutely. Uh, But tell us a little bit more about uh, uh, some of the programs. One thing that I, uh, and and, and if you can include this in, and we were talking about our women veterans and the kinds of experiences that they've had when they come into the the shelters. We also talked at at the beginning about uh, veterans, veteran suicides in, uh, in the prevention of awareness. Uh, the statistics show that women veterans have a, 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 their suicide rate is six times higher than their counterparts in, uh, in the, in the general population. And, uh, again, because they are not always outgoing with this, uh, uh, it it pre- presents a real problem, and uh, it's, it's something that we've got to be concerned about. I would imagine that these are some of the type of individuals that are coming into your uh, uh, program that you have to deal with and, and give them the attention that they so deserve to, to need to try to overcome this.
4: Right. Well, we have to have um, case managers that are in tune and provide that kind of direct service and to really understand. And um, and it's not just in our women's program, but also in our permanent supportive housing program. And that's where we put the veteran or we put a person inside um, a home, an, embar- an apartment, and then we expect the services to catch up. And so that's one of our challenges right now is sometimes we get the veterans or we get people off the streets so quickly that they get into that apartment and then they don't know what to do and they don't have that hands-on service component so with our staff for example we have 147 um, uh, studio apartments at North Hills VA campus and our staff needs to be able to establish that rapport and that trust and that goes whether it's permanent support of housing or establishing that that relationship in um, in our women's program for example um, but i also want to mention that um, la- lack of information i think you're so right in making sure that we we adverti- you know we identify uh, what resources are out there and um 211la is one of the um, it's one of the systems in Southern California where that's an information number that people can call for LA resources. And I have to tell you that I met with the um, with the executive director for that service, and she is putting new directions for veterans at the top of the list to refer veterans to. And so, you know, it's try how do you how do you organize such a huge animal like Los Angeles County to help uh, you know to to identify what resources are available and direct people to the right place. Um, I also want to mention, I think I've been, you know, we've been talking about how destitute a lot of these veterans are and we have to get them back on their feet. That's true. But I also want to mention that hiring a veteran is a good idea. And it's a good idea because veterans, they have uh, unique skills. They have skills that many people in the in the normal or the average population do not have. I mean, if you hire a veteran, these people know um, how to be on time. These people, you know, veterans typically know, you know, they they. Uh, understand structure, they understand let's get the job done, so they are very reliable in the most part, for the most part. So hiring a veteran is is good for them and it's good for your organization as well. That's um, true. Another strength of our program is the alumni, and, and I think you had sort of touched on this. Is You know, what sets our program apart, I think a lot of it is making sure you have that alumni network. And being in business for 25 years, we have a lot of people that have come through our program. So we encourage these alumni to come back and interact with our veterans and be provide that mentorship and be role models for our veterans. I think that's so critical. Um, i also like to just mention that um, in our women's program, we actually have a woman in her 80s, and so she oh. never really had problems until um she went to the VA and she was trying to get something done uh with the VA and they realized that she really didn't have an address. She was living in her car. And so the the VA uh, liaison referred her to us. And so, you know, it's not just the twenty thirty somethings. It's the woman that was, you know, she's she's lived a a, a lifelong of wonderful experiences and now she needs help to, to find her own place so it's just um, I'm happy that uh, I met this woman. I'm happy that we can help her in this small way.
3: That, right. is, that is great, uh, Colonel Kelly. Let me, let me just say this very quickly. In every successful veterans homeless program that I've had to, uh, an opportunity to be aware of has had a great veterans choir. And I've been on your website for the past two days. And I've discovered that you've got a great veterans choir. It's one of the same aspects for the uh, uh, Macbeth's that we talked about. And this this past Sunday, we had an event back here in Maryland, and the choir performed. Uh, uh, how important that is that to the organization to having that very great veterans choir that you have.
4: Oh, they are amazing! I, you know, it puts me to shame. I keep my mouth shut whenever I'm around them because they are, you know, most of the people on the choir have been um, participants in our program, and then there are other people that just really feel so strongly about the cause. They perform. They've performed for uh, some key leaders at the Veterans Affairs campus. They they've performed at our gala. Uh, they have a CD out. Um, what they do is they. Draw attention to um, to the issue, the issue of veteran homelessness, and they draw attention to what we do at New Directions for Veterans. And I am so proud of them, and I, I rely on them to help get the word out. Uh, we get no no financial um, compensation for whatever they they make out there. Um, we get what we get from them is we get uh, the value of their service, their passion. Educating or or informing the public about the problems out there, and then um, just the notoriety of how great they are. So I'm I'm very very proud of uh, of our
2: choir, choir. All right, all right. Um, well, we we only have about a minute left, so why don't we also talk about your gala coming up October 29th.
4: Okay, great. The two things I'd like to mention, one is the gala, October 29th. This is our one annual fundraiser, and we really rely on people to come. Once they get there, we have an auction to try to raise more money. We're honoring three key... Key people. One is Congresswoman Maxine Waters uh, because of her um, her advocacy for women veterans and helping us get that program off the ground. And also Craig Darian and Skylight Foundation. And they are just real role models in helping um, highlight the importance of, of veterans of helping stop uh, homeless veterans issues. And the last thing I'd like to mention is I'm very proud of of our organization. We just attained our combined federal campaign number. And Mm -hmm. if you're a government worker, whether that's postal, VA, or whether you're active duty, military, you can um, contribute to New Directions for Veterans via CFC, the combined federal campaign. And our number is 16466. And that, again, is CFC one six four six six and this will allow you to contribute through the national combined federal campaign program so we just got that i know the campaign is about to start so please come to our gala at the beverly hilton on october 29th Uh, or also if you're a a government worker cfc one six four six six is our number Um, our website is ndvets.org uh, Molly Ann is my person who runs all the development. If you want to get a table for our, our gala or be a sponsor, a corporate sponsor, her phone number is 310-696-5662. Once again, 310-696-5662. And we're also on social media. We have Facebook at New Directions, Inc. Twitter at New Direction, I'm sorry, Twitter, NDVets and Instagram. Spell the whole thing out. It's at New Directions for Veterans. So we're trying to get the word out. And we really appreciate you having us on this show so we could help share the good work that New Directions for Veterans is doing for our our veterans here in Los Angeles County.
2: Appreciate it, Colonel. And again, thank you for being on the American Heroes Network radio. Uh, I want to thank all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co host Bill and our guest, Colonel Evett, uh Kelly. Thank you for joining today, and we'll see you next week. Be safe out there. <laughs>